the past few weeks, we've been talking about like what happens, like how the gospel impacts us, and like what we do in light of the gospel. And it's really cool that as the gospel comes into you, it goes out through you. And that's what I want to talk a little bit more about tonight. Like, um, as the gospel comes into you, it goes out through you. And this is seen like throughout the book of Acts. Um, it's seen in the life of Paul um, that as people's lives are changed, they go and tell other people about it. They don't keep it to themselves. Um, so nothing new. The, the title of this talk comes from the fact that discipleship is nothing new. Like Jesus did it like from the very beginning, and people ever since Jesus, Christians since the time of Christ and his 12 disciples have been discipling more and more people to share their faith with them, to share the gospel with them so that they would grow and they would be able to make disciples and build them. Um, so some of you may be thinking like, oh, I'm already a believer, like I don't need discipleship. Um, and that's not necessarily true. Like um, I, I never want you guys to be content with your grasp and a really good quote on this is from C.J. Mahaney, a Christian author. He says, never be content with your current grasp of the gospel. The gospel is life-permeating, world-altering, universe-changing truth. It has more facets than a diamond. Its depths man will never exhaust. So know that you can continually be growing in the gospel. There's never going to be a time when you fully understand it. Uh, so here on earth, have the, have the opportunity to have others pour into your life. And when others do pour into your life, pour into others. Um, so with that understanding, just before I get into my points of the talk, I just wanted to share a little bit more about my um, personal testimony in discipleship. Um, thank you, Jeremiah, so much for sharing. I, it's so awesome to see how another brother was impacted by people pouring into his life. And that's really what happened my first summer. Um, my first summer at Project, I was not a believer. I came into Project thinking that I was, uh, thinking that I had it all figured out. Um, but Nirmal intentionally discipling me and intentionally showing me the love of Christ over and over again, even when I didn't want to hear the gospel, he would share it with me having someone there that would hold me accountable for my sins, that would call me out so that I would need my, I would see my need for a savior. Um, having someone um, that would share their faith and go out and do that. And I would question like, why don't I get excited about sharing my faith? Like if I'm a Christian, I should do this. Um, seeing people uh, getting into the word every morning and reading their Bibles together and being invited into that to see more of God. Um, but most importantly for me, too, just having someone that loved Jesus and could love me even in light of my sin, that could have that un unconditional love that Jesus offers and give that to me, too. And those are all things that happen um, in discipleship, and that's like what's really personally impacted me, not just that first summer, but ever since, to be continually growing from these older guys that are investing in my life, investing in personal growth for me, not for anything for them, but just for me, so that I can see more of Christ. Um, so discipleship has greatly impacted my life, and I want it to greatly impact yours, like even this summer. Like there's a reason why we put you in rooms and on teams and things like that. We want you to be poured into and to grow um, and to have people that are really looking out for you and wanting you to see more of Christ. Um, so I really hope that you, are, you have been impacted by discipleship this summer, that you will continue to be this summer, and you will continue to be for the rest of your life. So where we're going tonight, um, I'm, I have five main um, points. Um, what is discipleship? Why do we disciple? 
how do we disciple the cost of discipleship and then the rewards of discipleship. And I'll go through each of those again as main headings when I get to those points. But um, throughout this talk, I really want you all to understand that Jesus has made us new, and in doing so, he invites us to participate in making others new. Jesus has made us new, and he invites us to participate in making others new. So in light of those things, I just want to pray for us uh, as we dive into the talk. So bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, God, um, I am just so grateful um, that I am able to be a disciple, that I've had people pouring into my life um, to show me more of you, God, that I would not be where I am today without that. And God, I just praise you for that and thank you for that and, in, and am overwhelmed by all that you have done in my life through discipleship, God. And I pray that the same is true for, for people in this room, that they are impacted by by their room leaders, by their team leaders, by friends back on campus, by staff, by parents, whoever it may be, um, that has led them to you, that has taught them more about who you are, God, more about your grace and your mercy and your love, God. And I am just so grateful um, that you have allowed us uh, to become disciples, that you have allowed us to follow you. And you don't just leave it there, but you give us the opportunity to share that with others, God, and to bring more people into your fold, to bring more people into your family. So, God, I, I ask that tonight um, you would help us to see a bigger picture of discipleship, that you, you would help us to understand more of what it is and what it could potentially look like in our lives, God, um, and that we wouldn't be fearful about that, but we would rest in you, knowing that you have given us the power to do this uh, with your Holy Spirit when we are in you, God. So let the words that I say be yours. Um, let them be uplifting and encouraging and challenging um, to these students, and let us all grow um, closer to you and closer to those that disciple us as they are growing closer to you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. So the first point um, I want to talk about is what is discipleship? And in order to understand discipleship, we first have to understand, like, what is a disciple? Uh, so I looked up a couple definitions. Um, one of the ones that I found really helpful was from Mark Denver, um, who's another Christian author. And he says, to be human is to be a disciple. God didn't present Adam and Eve with a choice between discipleship and independence but between following him and following Satan. We are all disciples. The only question is, of whom? So this is just helping us to understand that there's always gonna be someone who's leading us or something that's leading us, um, that we have the option to have that be Christ or to have that be something else, to have that be money or power or possessions or anything like that. Um, so we, we are all disciples because we're humans. And the standard definition of disciple is someone who adheres to the teachings of another. Like it's a follower or a learner. It refers to someone who takes up the ways of someone else. So applying this to Jesus, we can see that a disciple is someone who learns from him to live like him. Someone who, because of God's awakening grace, confirms his or her words and ways to the words and ways of Jesus. Or you might say, as others have put in the past, that disciples of Jesus are themselves little Christ, that they are Christians. So a disciple of Jesus learns from him to imitate him and be more like him. And some characteristics of, of disciples of Jesus, I have three of them, um, that they're a worshiper, a servant, and then a witness. Um, so first of all, a disciple of Jesus is a worshiper. And this means that that disciple, that person is 
is gladly reflect, reflecting back to Jesus the radiance of his worth, that through prayer, through reading the word, through um, worship uh, in song and in truth, like, that he is giving, he or she is giving back to Jesus, like, what he, de- what he deserves, like, reflecting God's glory back to that. And that's the greatest act of, like, any creature can do, like, especially we as humans, like, reflecting what God has done in our lives by making us image, image bearers. Um, the second characteristic of a disciple of Jesus is that he or she is a servant. And as a servant, um, like Jesus says to his disciples in John 13, that if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to, ought, ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as, as I have done to you. So just being a servant to others, serving one another in carrying groceries or um, moving someone's car or something like that. In a lot of different ways, um, we can go out and serve one another. And the third characteristic of a disciple of Jesus is a witness. Um, and the, a verse that talks about this is in John twenty twenty one, and it says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So Jesus was sent to earth for a purpose. He was sent to reveal God and to redeem sinners. And we too, as his disciples, filled by his spirit, are sent for a purpose, to tell the good news, to go and preach the gospel. So to be a disciple of Jesus means to point people to him, to evangelize and to make disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus and witness to other people in that way. So that's what a disciple is. Uh, So then what is discipleship? Um, What's the act of discipleship? And I just want to clarify a little bit right now that there's a difference between community and discipleship. So I gave a talk two weeks ago on community, and they look similar, but they're also different. So community is pointing people towards Christ, uh, like we talked about two weeks ago. But discipleship is growing others in Christ to allow them to point even others towards Christ. So in other words, discipleship is used to multiply. Community is more for that set group, um, like your D group, for example. But discipleship is so that your D group will go and form another D group and go and form another D group so more people are impacted. So what is discipleship? Discipleship, um, at its core, is teaching. Um, John Denver says that, that discipleship is teaching. And another example of this is, it's a mentor-pupil relationship intentionally pursuing Christ-likeness that should reproduce itself. So discipleship is someone going to another person and saying, teach me your ways, help me learn from you so that I can live my life in a way that, that you would clarify as worthy. Um, and your discipling should help people understand more. Um, and especially if you're in Christ, you want them to understand more of God, more of the gospel, more of his glory. So through discipling, you want people to know like, why Christians pray, why we share the gospel, uh, why we join the church, why the knowledge of God's sovereignty impacts how we live, and so much more. There are so many different aspects of Christianity that we want people to understand, and that's why we disciple. That's why people have discipled you, and that's why we are trying to equip you this summer to go out and disciple others. So 
that's just a, a general understanding of what is discipleship. Um, but why do we do that? Why do we disciple? Like, what's the reasoning for that? And the greatest reasoning we have for that is the Great Commission. It has great in its name, so it has to be great. Um, the Great Commission, uh, found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, uh, or 16 through 20, if you want the whole passage, uh, says that, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this passage tells us to go and make disciples. Um, and I'm excited. Next week I get to talk a little bit more about the go aspect um, when our cross-cultural project team is here. Um, but we get to make disciples. We get to make disciples here and now. Um, and why do we disciple? Because we're called to do that. Like, when Jesus speaks, we should listen. Um, like, what he says matters. When, when we look at society, we, we listen to people who are in power, who are influential. And looking at Jesus, he's the one to whom all authority in heaven and on earth has been given, like it says in this verse right here. Jesus is the one of whom it will be said forever, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. It says that in Revelation 5.12. He's the one to whom every knee will bow, the one on account of whom all the tribes of the earth will wail and from whom the fury of God's wrath will be executed. So Jesus has ultimate supremacy, and what he says matters. So we should listen to what he says. So why do we disciple? We disciple because it is clearly commanded for us to do it by Christ, by our God, by the person that is more powerful than we could ever be, by the person who also gave up his power and humbled himself to death on a cross because he loved us. Uh, so we do it because he commands us to and because we're able to, because he gives his power with us. Like, he doesn't just say, all right, go and do it. He's like, no, I will be with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus will never leave us, and he's encouraging us to do this. He's commanding us to do this because it's what he has done, and he'll be with us during that. So that's just a really short tidbit on why we disciple, and now I want to talk about a little bit of how we disciple. Um, so how do we disciple? And a really good image of this um, comes from 2 Timothy 2.2. If you've been around CO at all, you've probably heard this, this verse numerous times. And it says, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to face faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So this verse is just really cool that it says um, that we should share what we learn about the gospel with others. Um, like, we... Anything that you receive, you can just give it to others. So be aware of what you're learning. A really cool picture um, that I found that illustrates this um, is up on the screen. It talks about how one person, Paul, gave the gospel and gave these teachings to Timothy, who gave it to faithful men, who gave it to others. And you can see that it goes from one person to seven people to more people and more people and more people. And it's this whole pyramid effect that many more people are impacted that way as you 
entrusted to faithful men who will teach others also. So it's not just you going around and trying to impact everyone, but it's you helping build people up and equip them to go out and share the gospel so that more people can be impacted. Um, so how do we disciple? A couple um, things about what do we share in, in discipling relationships is, first and foremost, share the word. Like, proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the good news of Christ. Like, what he's done. Like, who we are as sinners and how we need a savior. And where we're headed without that savior, but where we can be headed with that savior. And the relationship that he freely offers to us if we accept him. Introduce people to Christ. Um, by sharing the word, but also show the word. So don't, don't only share it, but show it. Let your actions show Christ. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So intentionally lay down your life to show them what the, Christ, what the life of Christ looks like in action. Make sacrifices so that people can catch a glimpse of the sacrifice that Christ made for each and every one of you and for the people that you're sharing with. And then teach the word. Um, so in discipling, teach the word. Teach those people to obey everything that was commanded. Not just receiving the word, but being able to reproduce it and to go out and share with other people themselves. And then finally, um, how do we disciple? We serve the world. Um, and we do this with a view towards like all the nations praising God. Um, it says in, in the Great Commission, like, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We want each and every person to have that miraculous relationship with God that he, only he can give. Um, and we can be a part of that. So like, think about how in the context of where you live and where you share the word, show the word, and teach the word, like, how can you do that with an end so that God's name is praised among all the nations? How can you get involved in, in your community, in your clubs at school, and things like that, so that more and more people will be impacted. Um, so, and then just like a helpful reminder in as you're serving and teaching and showing and sharing is that you don't have to have all the answers. So don't, don't feel like you have to be perfect before you can go out and share. You can be imperfect, and that's totally fine. Um, you don't have to be completely mature in your faith. Um, and the Bible like talks about this. The Bible says that you can go out and you can share as as you're learning. Um, like Paul was never perfect. He he called himself like the chief of sinners, um, but he would go out and he would share the gospel, and people's lives were changed. So don't neglect the fact that Jesus is with you, and don't ever think that you're not good enough to go out and share the gospel. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of a more tangible example about how we disciple. Um, I wanted to do a little thing of putting 2 Timothy 2.2 in action. Um, so I'm going to have Gideon come up. Um, he, I voluntold him for this. Um, but he, he won the fight, so I think it's worthy that, yeah, that he would come up. Also, he knows what a, per, uh, what a parka is now, so it's really helpful. Um, so what, what's going to happen is right now, as you guys are sitting, there's like two halves to the room. And I counted earlier, and it's almost like exactly the same for the, for the amount of people on each half of the center aisle. Um, so what's going to happen, like Gideon, he's pretty athletic, pretty fast, um, can get around pretty quickly. 
I'm not, and that's fine. Um, like very non-athletic, not fast at all. Um, so what Gideon's gonna do is he's gonna try and go around to each one of you, in a second here, you're all gonna stand up, and he's gonna go around and try to touch the shoulder of every person on this side of the room. And I'm gonna come down, and I'm gonna go to this side of the room, having everyone stand up. I'm gonna touch two people's shoulders, and those two people are gonna touch two people's shoulders, and they're gonna touch two people's shoulders, and after your shoulders touch, you're gonna sit down. And we're gonna see what side of the room has everyone sitting down first. Does that make sense? All right, so everyone stand up. All right, yeah, I'll even give you a little bit of a head start, okay? So we're gonna, we're gonna count down, and then this side of the room, just be aware, if your shoulder is touched, you touch two other people's shoulders, and then you sit down. This side of the room, if Gideon touches your shoulder, you sit down, all right? So we're gonna cut down. Three, two, one. All right, Gideon, we're done. You, you got maybe halfway. So, I mean, that, that just shows you um, like how we disciple that. It's not, it's not just you trying to, trying to impact every single person on your campus or every single person at Project or all the coworkers at Walmart. It's you investing in a few people, in a, a couple or a few people, and going deep with them and helping them to grow and, and learn what their faith looks like and how they can share their faith so they can go out and share that with others. So you see here that Gideon was trying really hard and he was going as fast as he could and it was just simple for me to walk up and just touch two people's shoulders and then just let the Holy Spirit work and let people, <laughs> let people go through. Um, so realize that we disciple by investing in people's lives um, and to do that, like, we have to go out to people, and we have to be intentional with them. Uh, we have to diligently pass the gospel on to others. Like, we can't just uh, wait for people to come to us. We have to go out to them. So it's not just, like, if you sit in your dorm room playing video games all day, and then you're like, God, why, am, why aren't there any disciples? It's because you're sitting in your room playing video games all day. Like, Go out to the dining center, go out to the quad or like the stud or whatever your campuses have like as a meeting area and talk to students, like sit down with someone new at lunch or go into the dorms like at night and see what people are doing and get to know new people, go out and reach out to them. Um, there are some times when maybe a student will be intentional with you and they'll approach you um, I have a little story of this. This is sort of a sidetrack, but I also think it's sort of funny. Um, when I was in India, um, I, I attended a college there, and there was a student that um, realized that there was something different about me, and he wanted to learn more about that, so he would always um, come up to me. Um, and in this instance, it wasn't my faith, but it was the color of my skin that was different. Um, so he wanted, to, he wanted to be friends with me because I was an American. Um, and as, as you're living your life, like hopefully people will see that there's something different about you, how you're reaching out to students that you may not have 
thought you'd be friends with before. Like we talked about community, that the, the jock is going and playing like playing League of Legends or something like that. Or like the chess master is out on the soccer field or something like that. Just, just reach out to people that you never thought would happen. But just realize that you have to go out to people. Um, you can't wait for them to come to you. And that's how you disciple. Um, also, just a little clarification on how to disciple. Um, Bacchus is going to be giving a talk about discipleship on Wednesday, and he's going to go into some more depth and practicals about that. Um, but I wanted to talk also a little bit about the cost of discipleship. Um, and the cost of discipleship, first and foremost, is our lives. Like, discipleship is not easy. Um, and following Jesus is costly. In Luke 14, 25 through 33, um, like the, the heading of this passage is the cost of discipleship. And it says, now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So we have to give up everything um, to be disciples of Christ. We have to give up everything and allow Jesus to take over our lives to understand like, what the gospel is. The gospel is... Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Like We can't add anything to that. And that's the same... In, in discipleship, we, we need to sit down and consider like what discipleship will cost us. That it will cost us our comfort. That it'll cost us money to go and have meals with people. It'll cost us like time and sleep to get up early and read the Bible with someone. And these are all things that like are worthwhile to give up. Um, but we just need to realize that it's going to be costly. Um, so the cost of discipleship is, is our lives, but it's also like our crosses. Like we need to bear um, our crosses. In Luke 9, uh, 23 through 24, it says, And he said to all, If anyone who would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So we have to lose our lives. Again, we have to lose sleep for Bible studies. We have to spend money on meals. We have to um, miss studying to hang out with unbelievers. Some of you may like the fact of missing, missing studying. Um, you have to miss time with like, some of your good friends to be intentional with that freshman that you just met. Um, and you may have to do things like you may not like. So uh, this past semester when I was on campus, um, There's a group of guys that really enjoyed League of Legends, or LOL, and I'd never, never played before. Um, but I sat down with them, opened up my laptop, downloaded it, and I sucked at it, and I still do. 
Um, but it was able to, to make a connection. And although that seems like, a, like more of a simple thing, there's going to be difficult things that you may have to do to relate to people, to get out to them, and to be on their level so that they can understand that you love them unconditionally in a way that Christ does. So the cost of discipleship is our lives, our crosses, and then it's also like our mess, like messiness. Like discipleship is messy. Um, it's never as neat or as perfect as like you want it to be. Like uh, Campus Outreach talks about like the four E's, um, which Michael will talk about on Wednesday. But it's never like a perfect equation that you can go through. Um, you're dealing with people and their sin, and not only like their sin but your sin and how you're selfish and how you don't always want to serve them and how you would like to build up your own kingdom instead of build up God's kingdom um, and just in general relationships are messy like we heard about that from Lucas and Ariana and we heard about that last night in the girl guy breakout like discipleship is messy and it's tough um, but it's definitely worth it and that's why I want to talk about the rewards of discipleship um, and the first, and just understand that in all of these rewards, like the rewards greatly outweigh the costs. Uh, the first reward of discipleship is that there's so much joy to be had. Um, like not only does the Bible command discipleship, but we can find joy in it, and there is so much joy. In um, Third John two through four, it says, "Beloved." I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. There's no greater joy than to know that someone that you have shared the gospel with, that God has impacted their hearts, that God has changed their lives, that, that they are walking in the truth, that they are walking in a relationship with God. Um, you are missing out on so much if you are not discipling, if you are not going out and sharing the good news of the gospel that changed your life, it ha if it has changed your life. Like, to watch people grow and change is incredible. And just two examples of, of people that you guys know down here at Project that I got to spend time with this past semester are like Ado and Andrew. And just watching Ado at conference and him understanding the gospel for the first time and understanding that it's nothing by what he has done, but it's only the grace of God. And then to see him here diving into the Bible and going out and something that six months ago he wouldn't have been able to do to you, like clearly articulate the gospel on the beach. Um, it's just so incredible, and it just uplifts my heart so much. And then with Andrew, like we, we would read the Bible together every week uh, at Bethel, and then coming down this summer, like he, he understood the gospel in a new way, that, that God is for him, that it doesn't matter like the, the weight of his sin. Jesus covers that all on the cross. And to, to just know those guys, and there's so many other stories out here too, and I know that so many of you are a part of them, but to see those things happen in those lives is just the best thing ever. Like, there is nothing better. There's, there's no movie, there's no food. Like, I had King Sushi today and it was good, but that's nothing compared to seeing someone's life change by understanding Jesus and seeing how they want to give their life away to let others understand Jesus. So I really want to encourage you guys to know that there is so much joy to be had in like, you get to have a front row seat to watching God work. 
that like there are some highs and lows but overall we get to see God work and we get to be a part of it like God could do it by himself like he could snap his fingers and just say like okay this is what's happening but God would much rather do it with us um, because he wants to grow us like he wants us to see more of him and to rely on him and guys I just want you to to know that you can do this because Jesus is with you um the other reward of discipleship is like it's not even a sacrifice. Um, I, I know I just talked about the sacrifices, that it costs our lives, that it's our crosses, that it's messy, but what we receive is so much greater than what we give. Uh, in Mark 10, it talks about, like, um, truly, truly, I say to you that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So it's we are just going to be blessed for everything uh, that we do. Not that we have to do it. Not that anything is based on works because the, the person and work of Jesus Christ alone is what gives us salvation. Um, but when we partner with God we just get to see so much more, and we get to experience so much more, and we get to experience that with others. Um, because the next, the next reward is that many more will be impacted. Like, so many people uh, can be impacted. You saw this um, as we were, we were doing the demonstration with how many people were quickly impacted on this side of the room, and how long it took Gideon to get on this side of the room. But I just wanna, want to show you a video um, because this is still like I mean it's about a hundred people but it's still a small group so I have a video that will show a little bit clearer of like how big and how massive um, the, the people that we impact could be to know him and do the things he did but he knew he could only learn so much standing in so he also spent time with smaller groups of people training them to be like him he invested his life in making people who look like him and could actually Skilled in reaching seekers, growing up other believers, and literally changing the world. He called this method discipleship. Here's how it works. Imagine if you were offered a penny an hour for 30 days, or the option to double just one penny every day. Taking a penny every hour, he was a lot of pennies pretty fast. But doubling a penny daily starts out really slowly. In five days, you've only got 16 cents. By day 10, you're still at just over five bucks. But around day 15, those numbers start going bonkers, and at the end of 30 days of doubling, you end up with nearly five and a half million dollars versus a measly seven dollars and twenty cents. So, so you can just see like how massive the difference is. Those numbers, like nearly five and a half million versus like seven dollars and twenty cents. Like, and of course, people aren't compound interest. But let's understand that it's, it's a similar thing, that if, if you're investing in people's lives and equipping them to go out and invest in other people's lives and then exporting them to do so, like a, a massive impact can happen. Uh, so the other reward is that many more will be impacted. And then also just that loss will be saved. Uh, as we go out and share our faith and witness and evangelize, that, like Ryan Eady said last week, that the gospel is what we use for evangelism and discipleship. 
that it brings people to Christ and it keeps bringing people to Christ and learning more about him. Um, lost will be saved because we want a bigger community. We want people uh, to find joy in pain. We want people to have a relationship with God and we want people to experience heaven with us. Like We want more and more people to be around that, that feast that we will have in heaven um, and lost will be saved if you go out in faith and if you continue to share um, what Jesus has done in your life and the good news of the gospel. And the last reward is that it even benefits you. So these other ones, it's like so awesome to see how you are benefiting other people. And this, this is not to make it a selfish thing, um, but it's, it's a win-win um, for you to go out and disciple people because uh, not only, as, as we said earlier, like do you get to have that joy, um, but it builds humility in you. As, as you're being discipled, you have people pouring into your life um, that you can hear from and learn from and realize like, oh, I made a mistake here or shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that. But also it builds humility in the sense that as you go out and, and disciple, like you're not gonna necessarily change someone's life right away. And that's okay because Jesus is working in that person. Uh, the Holy Spirit is moving. Um, it benefits you because it unites you with fellow believers. It builds your body of Christ. Um, and it benefits you because it equips us for faithfulness. Like we learn from others, and we trust God when when people when other people aren't. We trust God to still to still move and work. And also, like the more we share the gospel, the more evident it is in our lives. Um, the more we hear the gospel. Like every time I share the gospel, every time you share the gospel, it should be an awesome and incredible reminder of what God has done in your life. And that's what discipleship is to share what you have learned, what you have gone through, how God has impacted your life, and how it can impact others. And you just get to have all of these little reminders each and every day of what God has done and how he is working. Um, so I wanted to um, do some practicals, but I didn't want to step on, on Bacchus's toes, um, so stay tuned for that. Um, and just come back on Wednesday. Um, but. I, I did want to just introduce you guys a little bit more to like why and how we disciple, um, but he will go even more uh, in depth than that. Um, and I just want you guys to, to remember that um, as, as I end here, that Jesus has made us new and he invites us to participate in making others new. And one of the best ways that we can do that is through, is through discipleship. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, um, we just thank you again that you have given us the gift of discipleship, that uh, you imaged it um, with your disciples, and that you know what is best um, for our hearts and our lives, and that you are working uh, even now in this talk, and even now as, it, as we transition into a time of worship, God. And I pray that people would be able to uh, look at their lives and evaluate, like, am I in a discipleship relationship? Is someone pouring into my life? Am I allowing that to happen? And God, if that is happening, are, you, are they giving um, what is being taught to them to someone else? Um, so God, I, I just pray that um, we can all uh, come closer to you and learn more about you. Um, and we can do that in the way that you first image through discipleship. So we thank you for this night and we praise you um, for the lives that you have changed and the lives that you will change. Um, and God, we just thank you uh, in the name of your son. Amen. Um, so I... I have some um, questions if my phone works here. Um, so just I'll, I'll go through these a little bit now, but then you'll have some time after worship 
um, to discuss them. So the first one is, are you in a discipleship relationship? If not, how can you be? So like how, how can you talk with your room leader or someone on your campus or your staff um, to, to get into a committed discipleship relationship? The next question is, if people are pouring into you, are you giving to other people? Um, and if not, how could that look like for this next year? Um, Gideon talked a little bit about, about the chocolate fountain, that when we like, have the gospel and we receive that, uh, it overflows and it cascades onto the next level and the next level and the, the next level. That's what we want discipleship to look like, that you are overflowing with the, the love of God and it's cascading onto others. Um, the next question is, what is one practical step to share Jesus where God has placed you? Um, so that could be here at Project, um, could be working in the dairy section at Walmart, could be uh, serving chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A. Like, what is one practical step that you can, that, where you can share Jesus, where God has placed you, or back on campus, in your dorm, on your sports team, in your club or activity? Uh, do you see discipleship as worth it? Like, are you willing to bear your cross so that others can see more of Jesus and so that you can see more of Jesus? Will, will you take it, will you take that next step to offer more of yourself so that others can see the gospel? And who are you following? Um, like I started my talk, it's like every human is a disciple. It just depends upon who they're following. So are you a disciple of Christ or are you a disciple of someone or something else? Are you following your Lord and Savior, uh, the one person who gave everything for you? Or are you following something for your own gain? Um, are you giving your life to him or are you trying to hold on to it for yourself?